0: Hello. How's everybody doing? It's Bobby Watts. Thank you guys so much for checking out the High Voltage podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I've been getting all sorts of emails and messages and it seems like you guys are really digging the podcast and I'm glad. I I really am glad. I just want to bring some value and hopefully give uh, you know some insight and entertainment as you're either you know on a walk or uh, driving to and from work and uh, whatever it might be. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. So last week we had a really cool interview with um, Jeff from uh, the kind of UAV and cybersecurity world. Uh, This week is actually, the roles are kind of reversed. I was recently on a show uh, on another podcast called Unmanned Uncovered with Stephen Gloss. And I met Stephen at the AUVSI trade show, uh, the same one that Jeff and I were talking about. And it's basically just a huge unmanned trade show where they have uh, you know unmanned planes multi-rotors boats cars whatever it might be just massive massive trade show for the unmanned market and um steven says he has a pot he said he had a podcast and wanted to have me on and um, was very glad i did he was a great interviewer he had some really great questions and i think we had a really good discussion talking about everything from the unmanned market and How I kind of got into it and how I turned my hobby into, you know, a a career, how it took about 17 to 19 different business attempts to finally pull off something that's finally got some legs, Um, you know, drones for good, um, industry trends, things of that nature. So it's it's really it was really interesting. I think it was a really good discussion. And so I just wanted to kind of repost it here for you guys on the high voltage podcast. So without any further ado, this is uh, my interview with Stephen Gloss of the Unmanned Uncovered podcast. So enjoy. This is High Voltage with Bobby Watts.
1: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to episode 18 of Unmanned Uncovered. This is your host, Stephen Gloss, drone subject matter expert, consultant, content creator, and instructor for Consorting, an organization purpose to help you and your organization fly drones safely with training and software. This podcast series sets out to seek interesting profiles within the drone industry and discover unique viewpoints on industry developments and contributions. With me on this week's episode is Bobby Watts. From the time he graduated from the University of South Carolina with his mechanical engineering degree in 2010, Bobby has created many products for the RC and drone market, which range from technical lighting systems to aerobatic drones along with many products in between. Utilizing his engineering background, he has been the lead designer of various flying aircrafts from RC helicopters to military drones. Bobby also worked in the movie industry flying and designing large industrial drones for commercials and movie productions for the last 10 years. In 2016, Bobby founded Watts Innovation, a company that specializes in custom industrial drone design and manufacturing with the cinematography and LiDAR photogrammetry scanning segments of the UAS market in mind. Bobby Watts, welcome to the show. It's great to have you
0: man that was a stellar intro i gotta hand it to you that's hard to do and you nailed it that's (laughs) right how's it going man?
1: i'm doing great i love to do it live every time it just gets me in the right frame frame of mind gets me excited about what we're talking about which i am definitely excited about our interview with you today
0: yeah absolutely you nailed it it usually takes me about 15 takes to get that right so i I give you (laughs) i give you a lot of credit you're a champion
1: so I had the pleasure of meeting you at AUVSI Exponential. A coworker introdu- introduced me to you at Chicago, and I even got—I was only there for two days, but I got to walk past your booth a couple of times. But uh, unfortunately for me, every time I walked past, it seemed that you were occupied by conversation with some other passerby. So I'm really thankful that you're giving me this chance now to learn more about who you are and the work you're doing with the, within the industry, and I've got no doubt that this is going to be a great talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and a few people have been saying that to me. And uh, <laughs> I guess that's a really good thing. I mean, we were just so busy at AVSI that I, it it took me by surprise. It really did. So for our for our first year there, um I think that a lot of people just wanted to come and see kind of what we're about and what we're doing. So uh it is it a blessing. It really was that we were so busy.
1: That's that's pretty cool. So let's start from the very beginning, you know, or at least where, where would you pinpoint the start of this 15-year journey you're, you've now been on with unmanned <laughs> aircraft that you're involved in? At what point did RC aircraft and drones really become like a staple part of your life?
0: Um, that's a good question. So probably when I was um, maybe 13 or 15, somewhere in there, um, my, my godfather actually for a, a birthday present one year decided to get me a, an RC helicopter and the rule was i he would give it to me as long as um, i built it myself and so it ended up being like a kit form it was called a raptor 30 built by uh, made by a company called thunder tiger and um so basically got into it built the whole thing you know on my hands and knees on the carpet as a teenager and not knowing what i was doing at all um and and ventured out to a local uh, rc field where i just had a incredible group of mentors and and other guys who really helped me along the way um and flash forward a little bit i I started flying rc helis and i got really good at it um to the point where i was getting sponsored and doing competitions and uh this is with the aerobatic rc helicopters where they'll go upside down and go sideways and and you know it's if you think about if you've never seen it before it's kind of like uh taking skateboarding and mixing it with figure skating um where there's there's various different tricks and then we we choreograph it in a cohesive flight or sometimes the music, so it's it's super incredible. It's really cool what these things can do, um, but I, I you know so I, I started doing uh, demonstrations and traveling around the world and such. And then um, as I always had an engineering kind of a mind and background and I'd always be tinkering with things and such and so. Kind of going hand in hand when I went to uh, University of South Carolina, as you mentioned, to get my mechanical engineering degree uh, kind of gave me a little bit more of a legitimacy to the engineering fundamentals that I had. Um, So then I started working my way into the design aspects of the RC helicopters, uh, designing a few of those for various hobby companies. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm not going too much in depth here.
1: No, no, that's um, that's pretty amazing. So from the very beginning, you you said your godfather he got you that RC helicopter kit. Was it kind of common knowledge within your family that you were the guy who was good at putting stuff together, or did he just sort of have this sort of kind of intuition that you would enjoy it?
0: Yeah, uh, good question. No, I mean there was no doubt that I was always the one tinkering or building zip lines, you know, with my friends or. Um, you know, but but always had the entrepreneurial tendencies too, you know, make make widgets and try to sell it to my friends or uh we'd be making videos or skateboarding videos or just goofy kind of things. So um I mean it was always very much doing the engineering entrepreneurship type of thing, um, just since day day one since as long as I can remember, to be
1: honest. Right. So you've got the degree in mechanical engineering. At, yes. At what point were you determined to take that degree and apply it to the unmanned market was that sort of your determination from the get go, or did you have you know were you just hoping to see that this this degree did you really know where it would take you?
0: Um, I feel like the degree was more of a formality because okay. I was I was I had the trajectory was well underway um, even before I went to college and and during college because during college I was or you know when I was an engineering student I was. I was still doing um, demonstrations and competitions and designing. And, um, you know, I think I, I uh, let's see, I designed, I co designed my first RC helicopter, and I think it released even still while I was in college. So, and, and that was for a company called Miniature Aircraft, which was, you know, one of the uh, top leading companies at the time um, for the RC helicopter world. So, I mean, I was kind of already doing that in college. Um, so I guess that that was just to bring a little bit more of a legitimacy, I, I, I guess you could say, to to what I was is doing in my the other aspects of my life.
1: Yeah. So would you say that first project, would did you would you say that gave you the vindication that you really could be successful in the arena of work that you had chosen to pursue? Um.
0: Another great question. So.
1: I think that
0: it, it showed that it was possible. Um, I don't think that, you know, looking back, I think the aircraft itself was quite good for the time. Um, I don't think it's my best work. I mean, no, no one <laughs> else, nobody's first at anything is really their best work. But I think, yes, it, it did give me that, oh, well, I, I can do this. And it allowed me to see that, you know, like a, a big project such as a RC helicopter, you know, that has 300 parts on it. Um, is just nothing more than just a large assembly of individual parts. So it it, it gave me that confidence. It it really did.
1: So as we transition this conversation more into how you eventually started Watts Innovation, would you say that you're more driven by passion and desire, or is it more a calculated methodology to to your pursuits? Are you the kind of guy that goes out and does a bunch of market research and kind of validates the approach to to how you move forward, or... Do you just dive head first, just, you know, trusting your instincts?
0: Yeah. Um, so I've done a little bit of both in the past, and I think that uh, I, I I tend to do whatever is the right call for for the time. So I'll give you an example. So a few years ago, I had this idea of a flying TV. I'm like, nice. wow, this would be amazing. We just take a drone and let's wrap LED panels around it, and we'll stream up a live image, and you could put anything. You could put an advertisement or um, a live sports game or uh, anything for the theme parks, your mind could could run wild with it. Right, and that call- could
1: be that could be yeah. used even like at, at like an NFL event to give fans like a really close view of like a instant <laughs> replay.
0: Yeah, I mean a, a million things. It could be used for safety, for disaster control, a million things. And I thought it was a sure bet, a sure bet. So we called it Drobotron. Nice. Um, and so I, some business partners in mind, pitched the idea, and I spent probably about a year on it. And, um, and, and it's what I thought was cool. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. It'll be the first in the world. And really what we struggled with was just proving its value. Uh, we really struggled to find a customer who could use it, who, you, you know, who it, it was a chicken and the egg type of scenario where every, everybody's asking, okay, what's the ROI? So if I use this for advertising, what's my R- expected ROI or? Um, you know, I want to use this, but it's within class B airspace because it's in the middle of a city and I can't get approval in time. It was a lot of logistics like that. So in that case, the project didn't really go so well, but only with that kind of failure, I guess we could say with that project was the success that has now become my business Watts Innovations, where right now we just basically just built really solid, just standard multi-rotors. So it's nothing it's it's not I, I think the Drobotron idea was, in my opinion, is probably about five to ten years too early. I wouldn't be surprised if we see this in, you know, twenty twenty five or something, once the whole industry catches up. So I think that was too early. So I guess I just had to take a step back and just go a little bit more traditional with it and just make really quality multi rotors for, for various businesses that are already established. I think that was the key.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes you just as you were saying, you have to do what makes sense. For the market that you're in at the specific time that you're doing it, and it sounds like that you were able to make that quick adjustment as you know that that you needed to do. Which uh, honestly, it sounds like attributed to a lot of your success that you have right now.
0: Yeah, I think so, and and I mean e- even between designing my first helicopter and, and a little before that, and now, um, I think that I've tried about I lost count, but I think it's at around seventeen different business ventures. Um, in probably about the last 10 years and some have been successful in their own right and then others have just been miserable you know <laughs> hor- horrible failures Um and then it's kind of it, but it's really led me to where I am now with with Watts Innovations designing and manufacturing custom multi-rotors for just different uh, professional drone service providers so not without those failures could I ever have dreamed of having you know, this mild success and, and, and what we're doing now. So it's, it's been really incredible. It really has.
1: Yeah. My favorite author, uh, John Maxwell, he writes a lot on leadership. He says is one of his coin phrases is that he actually wrote a book about it called failing forward. That the only way to move forward is to fail forward. And it sounds yeah. like that's exactly what you've done, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and And without, you know without making those mistakes would i know what to avoid now or or the pitfalls now cuz i could have easily seen building this along the way like oh i don't want to do this cuz it'd be like project number 8 that went wrong because of whatever it may have been so it it's it's really allowed me to just kind of keep keep the path you know keep the narrow path
1: that's pretty cool so what, have, what would you say have been, or you could just list one, but what have, what has been one of the most interesting projects that you've been a part of? Something that really pushed the envelope as far as innovation and creativity are concerned?
0: Um, man, that's a really good one. Um, unfortunately, some of the coolest ones I've been a part of, we're under like NDA where I can't really talk ah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but it has to do with a space company that's doing some really cool things. Um, so, so that's about, I guess, all I could say at this point. Yeah. Um, but I would say that, so let me, let me, let me think. So I, I would say in, in general, the, I, I'll flip it a, just a little bit, a little bit. So maybe like what intrigues me the most about yeah, yeah, that's what odd. I'm seeing going on. So, okay. So I think what, what's got me so excited about the current, the current state of, um, of professional drones or or multi rotors right now is the thing that really gets me excited is that the amount of applications that I'm seeing for drones is just continually evolving. And I, I'm hearing new applications every, I mean, literally like every, uh, every month or so, every two months, someone comes along with, it's like, wow, that is really cool. That is a great use for a drone that i never even considered. And I want to be a part of it. So, um, it, you're because we do custom design and such that, you know, like I, we, we've we got a few drones in the queue now and no two are the same. So it it's really cool. And, and no two applications are the same too. So it's just really exciting to see that. And it's just the beginning. It's literally just the beginning.
1: Right. So kind of on that topic of how the industry is progressing, how do you see, do you see a healthy marriage between technological developments and regulations, or do you think there's going to be continued hardship in that facet?
0: Um, so I think contrary to what I read a lot of, um, I think the FAA has actually done quite well at managing the, the synergy between where the current technology is and the current regulations. I, I think that they're actually doing quite good because I remember back to around maybe 2011, 2012. Okay. I'll put it this way. Um, in the past, I think it was maybe 2013 or so, we were filming this this feature film. Um, so I, I spent a good amount of time working with a company called X-Cam Aerials down in Florida, um, headed up by my really good friend, Jordy Klein. And out being on set with him for, I mean, maybe like seven or ten years filming commercials and uh, TV shows and movies and such, you know, I, I got to see this drone industry really evolve from the front lines and just being the, the pilot and the mechanic for X-Cam. And so I remember back in, like I said, maybe 2013, where we were literally kind of kicked off of a of a set because um, the production company, I think it was Universal or something, they didn't have approval to fly a drone. Oh, wow. But, but no one did. There were no rules. So... We weren't. I guess at the time, I don't know if we were flying illegally, but <laughs> it, th- there were no rules, so we we weren't flying legally or illegally. But I just remember it being the Wild West, where it's like, well, I guess we'll try this shoot, and 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 it would work, and we'd be fine, or we'd go in another one, and we wouldn't be allowed to fly because of legality. So I think now what they've done with Part One Hundred Seven is really incredible to unlock the, you know, just. The market without them unlocking Part 107, none of this would be possible. Um, So I I think that they've done a very good job. But in general, I believe that technology has to be just one step ahead of regulation, and I think that that's normal, and I think that that's healthy. So, for example, right now with Beyond Visual Line of Sight, there there's a million different um, transmitters and data links and such where you could get your aircraft to fly beyond visual line of sight without a doubt. And and it works well and it's not a problem. But I think that that needs to evolve so that once the regulation allows it, you've got some products that will allow you to compete and do well. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of like it, um, it, it's a close relationship, but I think they're doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think, I think in some ways the FAA is realizing that regardless of whether or not they want it to, technology is always going to continue steering the FAA into having to adapt to the way technologies are advancing that one way or another, it's going to happen. And the, the regulatory bodies just have to find the smartest and safest way to ba- manage the facilitation of that, that development.
0: Yeah, I, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. It'll always be a step ahead.
1: Do you have any uh, favorite instances or uh, any commercials or movies that really you know stick out in, you, in your mind, in your memories as to so, just so, something you won't forget?
0: Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I think that you know another is um, – uh, man, I just really wish I could talk about it more. But all I'll say is, <laughs> is is for a unnamed space company in which they may or may not have put a car into orbit – um, those aerials were really nice. That's all. That's all I could say. All right. Um, so if, if one were to look up um, the unnamed space company um, on a, on a YouTube or something and, and see the lot the aerial videos that were done before the launch, uh, in my opinion, they were quite beautiful.
1: <laughs> it's, it's really cool that you even got to be a part of something like that.
0: Oh, it was incredible. That was by far the coolest. Um, so next to that would probably be. Um, my buddies from XM2 in Australia, they're doing—they're a top-notch um, cinematography uh, production company or, you know, drone service company. And um, they invited me on the set of uh, Westworld with them. Um, so we shot uh, season two of Westworld. And that was really cool because we were flying a camera, uh, like an Aerie 235. So it was a film camera. So like actual film, not an SD card, but actually film on a drone. So having that kind of a... a Dichotomy between a you know old uh, film camera and a you know high tech drone is really cool,
1: (laughs) that's awesome.
0: So, probably those two.
1: So, being in the unmanned space, you by now I'm sure have come to realize that safety is probably by far one of the biggest things that is pushed within this industry, whether it be from the operator standpoint, the regulatory standpoint, or the developer standpoint. Everything has to be developed performed and overwatched in a safe manner. So coming from a background where you're, I mean, you're pretty much like an a stuntsman when it comes to flying, you know, advanced aero RC helicopters, how do you balance that thin line between operating in a way that's that's, you know, pushing the envelope of what's possible, but also maintaining, you know, boundaries within what the realm of safety.
0: Yeah, um, another good question. So I think that having that background with the aerobatic RC helis actually puts everything into perspective more because it's not a – I mean, it's a, it's quite a safe hobby if you look at it from the numbers. But, I mean, I, I know people personally, you know, an 18-year-old kid, very nice kid. I, I only knew him a little bit, met him once or twice. But, um, I mean, he decapitated himself wow. and killed himself. I mean, it's such a tragic – accident years ago, maybe five years ago or so. And, and, you know, I've seen people um, lose eyes and cut limbs off. I mean, it's, it's crazy what these things can do. So I'm I'm very aware of it and have a very healthy respect for it. Um, I know people who've burned their garages down. I mean, you, you name it after being in this for such a long time, you kind of see a little bit of everything. So um, being aware of, of how dangerous these things could be. And, you know, I've just learned to treat everything with such respect. So I think that with regards to safety, uh, once again, like the FAA regulations, I think that they're quite good. You know, don't operate over people, don't operate over moving traffic. I think that those are just kind of common practices where I, I think that in general, those are very good rules to abide by. So, um, you know, and anything we can do to increase safety, I think is great, uh, whether it's parachutes or propeller guards or safe batteries that can't, you know, go kaboom, Um, anything like that, I think is really good. So, um, you nailed it. The safety is absolutely crucial or else this will all stop.
1: That's right. Yeah. So you started Watts Innovation about three years ago now. So it's still a relatively new venture for you. What exactly inspired you to go, you know, to take that leap of faith and start your own business?
0: Um, so it really just came out of that next thing. Like I said, you know, when you have, you know, umpteen kind of fail not failures, but you know, umpteen goes at it, you you have you, you start to see what's working, what's not working. And so, in this case, what really steamrolled my business forward was creating an aircraft which we call the MFD five thousand, and it's been my most popular aircraft to date, and it's the one, really, the one that we just crank production out of. It's really the only aircraft we offer. And um, it just came from building an aircraft for um, my friend Jordy Klein from Xcam to lift a cinematography drone. And um, I just did that one just kinda with grassroots with that, you know, just limited funds and um, made it for him in, in kind of a prototype sort of way. But then what we were starting to find was that there was a lot of interest in this aircraft and that it would work for a lot of different um, applications such as LIDAR, uh, photogrammetry surveying, cargo hauling, package delivery, um, you know, in addition to cinematography. So it really just kind of came out of um, necessity, I guess you could say. Um, So the aircraft he was flying couldn't lift enough weight, so we just built a bigger one. And so with my background in engineering and everything and doing these projects in the past, it was just, it was quite, you know, it it wasn't a huge like leap of faith, let's just say. So um, it's just really kind of funny how the timing works and we like to say the, the tail began wagging the dog after that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it was really interesting.
1: So what is, what is your company up to right now? Is, the, the, is that aircraft, is that your primary project or are there other things that you're currently working on?
0: Uh, so basically everything revolves around that aircraft and that airframe. Um, we have a smaller one, which we call the 3000, MFD 3000, and it's just a little bit of a smaller propulsion system, um, but it's based around the same aircraft. But where we differ is that we do a lot of we offer a lot of customization. So, for example, um, you know I've got some orders in the queue right now where I have uh, one aircraft that is Pixhawk based um, with the Blue Cube, so American made, um, that's going to be used for like package delivery. Right next to another aircraft that has a DJI A3 flight controller uh, with a DRTK for um, doing uh, high-end lidar work right next to another one with another A3 uh, that's going to be used for cinematography. So, you know, we, what we really try to do is specialize and customize these out where, you know, I think about 80 or 90% of the aircraft is the same throughout all, but then we, we really go that extra step to get the customer exactly what they're looking for and then offer the batteries and charge cases and travel cases so that when they get the aircraft, it's to their spec ready to go and they don't need to mess with it it's already been test flown it's tuned ready to go so we're really just trying to be that that manufacturer for the professional drone uh, service providers
1: so it sounds like even though that you even though you only offer one standalone product you still have to maintain a high level of flexibility and adaptability to fit the needs of your specific customer
0: yeah absolutely and right now this aircraft is just serving the purpose for many different industries and many different payloads i mean I think that this aircraft works really well for a five to 35 pound payload, which is a huge, you know, you've, you have a huge window there. So it's just, uh, we'll do something else absolutely down the line, but right now I'm just trying to really stay focused on this and, and uh, it, it just so happens, like I said, that this is working for many different applications. So we'll do something else when when the time is right.
1: Right, If it's if it's not broken, don't fix it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's been good. It's been, been beyond what I would have ever imagined. It it would have been when I started with this.
1: What has been one of the biggest challenges you faced now that you're the owner of your own drone company, especially in in reference to the MFD MFD 5,000.
0: Um, so the biggest challenge with regards to manufacturing is, um, is, I mean, I, I guess it's like anything. So, you know, the, you know, so, I'm kind of a solopreneur, <laughs> uh, meaning I, I I do most of this myself, and I have a few different um, friends and contractors and such who kind of help out from time to time with wrenching, um, but you know I, I'm doing all the design, manufacturing, sales, um, promotion myself. Um, but really, because we've been bootstrapping this company, you know, because of it bootstrapping this, um, the the hardest part is is scaling kind of financially, um, because as you can imagine, for manufacturing you know you you want to get you want to get enough components in house to be able to manufacture and 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 hit the ground running and have things in stock when people order it but at the same time it's you know you don't want to have too much because they could have version 2 that comes out a week from now that makes what you have obsolete so that's one thing to look out for um so you know just just really uh just kind of bootstrapping it that's that really has been the the biggest challenge
1: yeah and i'm sure in the in the in the business operation sense, there's also some challenges there. Uh, what have you found, at least for your company? What has been the most effective way for you to generate business? Is it through the traditional marketing methods, or do you find it more effective for you to focus on networking at events like AUvSI Exponential?
0: Um, really good question. So I think that for for me in my case, um, social media has. Without a doubt, been the like the lifeblood of my company. That's pretty cool. Um, and and with so the AUVSI show was by far the most amount of uh, money or or even time that we've spent on traditional advertising. So like a trade show. Um, but beyond that, I've probably my company has spent maybe less than one thousand dollars advertising. Um, so
1: that's incredible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just everything I do is just basically organic reach through LinkedIn, um, and Instagram. Just those two have been absolutely huge Instagram for the cinematography market and, uh, LinkedIn for the, uh, the other markets, as I mentioned, it's like a LIDAR surveying or, uh, package delivery and some other ones that are still kind of in the works. So, um, yeah, it's just really incredible because there's so much attention there right now that that's, you know, why why would I pay three hundred dollars to have an ad a, a one inch ad in the back of a UAV magazine? Like no one's looking there. Right. I, yeah. So it it's it's just it's been really incredible what the, the social media's been able to do for the business.
1: That's that's so amazing and it's a great sort of utilization of, of you know what's working today. Really yeah, cool. abso-
0: absolutely absolutely, absolutely.
1: So at least for me, when I went to exponential this year and even the year prior, you know, you walk around and you just get overwhelmed by the amount of companies that are just there. And especially all the different types of drones that you see. There's just so much out there right now, as far as unmanned technology is concerned. So with that being said, how do you stand out amongst the crowd? What makes Watts innovation different from all these other companies?
0: So I think the biggest thing that we offer is the fact that we do the custom design and manufacturing. Um, so even, for example, um, we had another company called Agility come to us. Um, They're probably one of my first clients, actually. and uh, And they said, hey, we have this idea for a drone, but we just don't have the knowledge of CAD and designing things and prototyping, and we'd like you to help us with it. So we did. And we helped them out, and now they have a a, a multi rotor that's pretty unique, where it's basically like an auto gyro, but a multi rotor. So the gasoline engine pushes it. Uh, the main multi rotor props basically auto rotate the whole time, and uh, and it, it can do very long endurance flights. So that's kind of what we offer in addition to the, as I said, the fully customization. So let's say you you go with one of my aircraft. Then we offer that entire full customization, where you know if you want to go in and change the landing gear or or, or the gimbal dampener or uh, w- you know the flight controller or whatever it be, you know we're we're very willing to work with you in in terms of customizing it to your spec, and then lastly providing you with that like full. That full package and and great customer service because you know it, it's luckily we have the the privilege of being still a small upcoming company so you know when you need uh, customer su- service you get me you don't need to go to Zendesk you don't need to go to Zendesk or something like that you know just text me and I answer so. That's it's, awesome. uh, yeah, it's it's the luxury of, of being just small and nimble at the moment yeah so yeah
1: so, so that's uh, I'll put the listeners on blast if uh if you're interested in working with uh Bobby and his company now is the time because you'll get to work directly with you right
0: yeah yeah i I hope so but it's it's been really good it's been it's been incredible and, and our customers have just been so supportive and and such like a close community and they've been giving you know, and, and we take their feedback really seriously. So if one customer in the cinema world has an idea and they let me know, then I'll work with them to prototype the idea like at no cost. And then I'll turn around and offer it to my other customers, which we have. So, and everything's kind of a, uh it builds upon previous designs. So the customer who bought one last summer, I just came up with some cool new things that work like a carry handle and um di- different little things FPV cameras and, and gimbaled cameras and things like that and what we do now we'll literally bolt onto his aircraft he did last year so um it's it's just really cool it's it's just been so fun
1: so it sounds to me like you're one of those really lucky people They or what society would say is lucky that 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 found something to do with your life that you know that you have a passion for that you have a talent for and that you can make money with <laughs> so What has been, you know, what has been the most rewarding aspect of where you find yourself today?
0: I think it's exactly what you just said. Um, But so, you know, just the fact that I get to do what I love to do for a living. But I just want to say, like, it just hasn't been easy, and it's not like it came overnight. Um, I mean, because I've been doing this for such a long time, and for you know many many years, it's been a struggle. You know, just, you know, having your own business and, you know, venture number 11, let's just say. And let's say things are kind of working and but you don't know how you're going to pay rent. And it would have been very easy to go get a nine to five job um, for an engineering company or something. But it's just not I'm just not cut out for that. It's just not really what I want to do. So, um, I mean, that's that's basically that, that's basically kind of what I throw out there is just the fact that, like, yes, I feel like incredibly fortunate to do this. And, you know, in the last 10 years, I've never once looked at the clock and wished it went any faster. So, (laughs) so I think that's incredible, but just also the fact that, you know, it just took a long time to figure out like exactly, exactly what I wanted to get into. So, you know, I I guess I would kind of throw that out to anyone now, like if you're, if you're doing what you love to do, but maybe it's not successful, it's not taking off like you'd want, I would just hang in there and, and just change it up a little bit or maybe change how you're looking at it or change the strategy or something cuz it's really all it's really all it took for me it was just like one slight variant here and there and then there we go.
1: Yeah that that's analogous to so many things in life just like the the athlete competing in sports you don't see all the tears sweat and blood they put into getting up on that podium and getting that trophy or the or the mountain climber who's you know climbing Mount Everest you, you know, you you may see them appear over the crest of the of the, of the mountain peak, but you may not have seen all the you know, the struggles and the challenges and you know just the failures that they had to overcome to get to that point. So that's yeah. that's just a great lesson, a great takeaway from from your story, from your journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and it's even too of of knowing what business I was in. I think that was the hardest thing. Like, what business am I in? Because I remember. Um, around that time when it was still kind of illegal to fly, you know, there, there were no rules. So I guess it'd be maybe like 2012 or so. I remember, you know, having a rant to some members of my family where they're like, oh, you know, we hear this drone industry is this billion dollar industry. And, <laughs> and I just remember like exclaiming, like, I don't know a single person making a living flying a multi-rotor right now. Like I don't. And And it took a while for number one, for that industry to develop but then number two, it took a while for me to figure out what industry I want to be in. So, you know, I was on shoots and filming movies and and being away from home and traveling and doing that, which was really cool. But it's not really what I wanted to do, and not where I found financial success. Um, so then I had to shift it to where, like, okay, maybe there's this emerging group of professional service providers, and and I could manufacture aircraft for them, and that never existed back then. But now that is starting to emerge. And so I'm just, you know, so fortunate that I just kind of realized that and, and quickly like moved on to it. And by by any means, it's not a success story at this moment. It's very much we're grinding really hard to um you know to make it every single day. But um it's it's definitely looking way more optimistic than than anything has in the past. So it's it's just super exciting.
1: Yeah that's that's the nature of the beast of this industry we call unmanned. Is yep. that it's it's constantly moving, it's constantly changing, and the only way to survive is to adapt and overcome. So as long as you keep that mindset, I think you will continue to find success.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I think so, and I, and I think it's very much going to change even more as soon as they start allowing, you know, different things like maybe over fifty-five pounds becomes a lot, little easier to acquire um, or beyond visual line of sight. I think, or flight flights over people. I think those three could really change the game so it's uh, i'm just excited to see where it's heading
1: yeah and so on that note uh what's next for your company and where do you see the industry headed within the next five five to ten years um
0: so the next thing that we're really focusing on i guess is um we're gonna be dabbling with some hydrogen fuel cell technology so that's really caught my eye uh we're working with a company out of the uk called intelligent energy and uh, they've got some very nice, very high quality hydrogen fuel cells that would allow us to take, for example, a uh, depending on what the budget is or how big of an aircraft we can fly. You know, we could fly like a 30 pound payload for uh, one hour plus, um, which really changes the game. We're right now with batteries. That's probably we could probably maybe get about 20 minutes or so, 25 at max. So I think that that's really got my eye. Um, and other than that, we're just going to keep doing what we do and, and hopefully there's some more use cases that require um, you know, a, a custom drone because I'd really like to just be involved in as many different kind of market sectors as possible because um, you, you never know which one's going to become just in, – in, you never know which one's going to take off. No, no pun intended.
1: <laughs> I like it. So if listeners are interested in learning more about your company, where would you point them to find more information? and where will be the next place that you'll they'll be able to see you personally and your products in person?
0: Um, so I just in general, you can just go to my website, wattsinnovations.com, um, and then there's links to all my social channels, I believe, at the bottom. And I'm just very active on just most of them, really, uh, most of the big social channels. And uh, if it's more... Business B two B type stuff. I, I do a lot of work there on uh, LinkedIn, and then a lot more kind of informal and uh, a lot cinema based uh, on Instagram and Facebook because this is kind of where those uh, where those two different kind of cultures hang out. Right. Um. So there, and then as far as in person, I really don't have much lined up at the moment. Um. I, I we'll probably do. We'll definitely do AUVSI next year. Um. But in terms of that, we're just kind of head down and. And manufacturing aircraft, I got quite a lot of orders I need to catch up on. So, sounds good. So uh, we're, we're fortunate in that, in that regard.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you have to just keep on grinding, and that's never a bad thing.
0: No, 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 no. I, I'll take that any day of the week over sitting there twiddling my thumbs.
1: Right. So I was looking through your website when I was uh, doing some research on you, You know, getting ready for this podcast, and I came across your podcast that you have called High Voltage. Can you share some info about that podcast and what sort of topics you cover?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to make a podcast similar, similar to what this is, you know, having having discussions with professionals who um, have kind of taken their passion and and made it their uh, their their job. So um, I only have a few interviews out there right now. Um, I kind of slacked on it a little bit, but we've got some really cool interviews out there right now. One with um, my, my friend Jordy Klein with the cinematography world. And another one with my buddy Bo Riles, who's a um, he's a TV infomercial host.
1: Oh, that's cool. Which is yeah, so cool. (laughs) Um,
0: And then you know, in between, too, putting a lot of drone uh, content out there as well in it. So. Uh, that'll kind of be kickstarting back up here in a little bit. I've already got some recent episodes out, so it's really just an avenue for me to really talk about whatever excites me, whether it's uh, drone stuff or entrepreneurship or science, technology, whatever it may be. It's just, um, it's exactly like the conversation we're having now.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's so cool is just doing stuff like that. It just gives the people a glimpse whether or not they're akin to, you know, knowing what's going on with the industry or they're not. There's always stuff changing, always new developments, and, you know, conversations like this, podcasts like this just helps get to spread the word out there, you know, kind of just give a picture as to the awesome work that drones are and can be doing within our society. So,
0: really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once again, I think it's just starting. Like it is just you know the rules only came out a few years ago, and um, yeah, it, it's absolutely just starting. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, to seeing where it's all going because it's it's uh, it's very cool.
1: Yeah, before we know it, we'll blink, and the world that we know today will be completely changed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so, for for better or for worse. But I think in general, it's heading. I, I think it's heading in a good direction, actually. I really
1: yeah. do. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I want to thank you again, Bobby, for being on this week's episode of Unmanned Uncovered. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on this show and just to give me a brief glimpse into your part of the world of Unmanned. I really admire your passion and enthusiasm, and I have no doubts that you are going to continue to find success wherever your current role takes you. So, with that, I'll leave the floor open for you. One last time, do you have any closing comments?
0: Oh, well, thank you for having me. Uh, I really do, really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, as, as we've kind of discussed, I think everything is heading heading in a a really interesting direction. Um, And I, I've been trying to uh, see as many use cases as we can with drones, for example, for drones for good, as we could say, Um, you know, drones doing really good, valuable things and services, providing excellent services for, for us. So I think the more people, you know, if you're listening and you're into drones, I would just try to challenge you to, uh, See, let's see what we can do with drones that just provide a very good and very valuable service. And I think that if we can achieve that then the industry will very much blossom because as I said, I think it's just starting now. So, uh I, I just can't wait to see where it's where it's going. But um yeah, so th- thank you for having me. I, r- I really do appreciate it.
1: I think that's a great concluding point. It's you know, regardless of where the industry heads, what regardless of how fast technology moves, where the regulations go, as long as we can live by that mantra, drones for good. Uh, we will hopefully end up in a great place. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I think
0: it's possible. We just need a um, just the creatives to come up with those ideas, and and you guys to execute it and, and make it happen. But um, I have no doubt that it's it's on the right path.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Bobby. I also want to thank everyone to listening to this week's episode of All Man Uncovered. Again, this is Stephen Gloss, your host, a drone subject matter expert consultant content creator and instructor for consortic an organization purpose to help you and your organization fly drones safely with training and software want to learn more about how drones can improve your business reach out to me my partners at consortic and we'll show you the way Remember that Unmanned Uncovered is now available on Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe so you can stay updated on the latest releases and download episodes to take with you wherever you go. And don't forget to check out my Facebook page by searching for Unmanned Uncovered, like the page, and stay updated on my search week by week for the drone industry's most intriguing profiles. I would love to hear your feedback and recommendations for these and future episodes, so feel free to leave comments or questions via Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm also always looking for candidates to interview for future episodes, so if you or somebody you know might be interested, be sure to reach out. That's all for this week. Stay tuned for next week's edition, and until next time, safe flying, everyone.